Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a really good dude on the show today. I want to welcome my new friend, Mr. Jim Phillips to the show. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. How are you? I'm wonderful, man. I'm doing great today. Um, you know, I, I told you a little bit about this show that I started this almost two years ago, I believe. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I get on here and I just interview people to talk about their, um, ups and downs in life and how they've overcome them. I, I, I truly think, and you might agree, um, we, we get inspiration from hearing other people's stories of being on the battlefield of life and, yeah. and and winning right so so welcome to the show man so why don't we um why don't we start off with you telling everybody you know where you were born and raised well born in buffalo new york and only lived there though until i was about three years old and then after that my family moved down to richmond virginia and then i my dad changed jobs several times and we've been on the east coast my whole life so i, I lived in charlotte north carolina for a while lived in Richmond again, lived in Williamsburg, Virginia. And then in 1968, I think it was moved to Northern Virginia, which is where I live now, about 30 miles outside of Washington, DC. Been here ever since. Wow. <clears throat> so, um, 68's the year I was born. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> which, yeah. So, so living in that area, I mean, that's, that's the, where all the politicians are right so um you went to high school and like college and all that over in that area well high school here in northern virginia then i went to james madison university which is in virginia but it's in harrisonburg that's oh, okay. about two and a half hours or so southwest of of dc gotcha so how what what was when you went to college what was your what was your major? My degrees in business administration and marketing. Okay. And you know, a little bit of psychology was mixed in there too. But you know, even though I, I got my degree in business, I've always had a very strong interest in human potential and just looking at quite frankly, why some people are more successful than others, even when they're working under the same set of circumstances. Right. And I, I mentioned to you, I've been in real estate for about 40 years, well over 40 years now. Yeah. And, regardless of the market, there's always opportunities for people. And yet there's some people who do extremely well and some people who in the same market working for the same company, obviously same interest rates and everything are equal, but why are some that much more successful in terms of numbers of sales and income and that sort of thing than others? So that's been a, a, a big focus of mine. And that led into really the whole idea of why are we here to begin with the, the more spiritual aspect of life. And then I've been, I've been involved in that since I was 24. So that's been 40 years as well. 
but more specifically wow. got really deeply involved in that probably 20 years ago. I've written two books and uh, share a lot of that information during my, my work with the real estate business as well. Well, what did you find out? <laughs> what, why, why are there? Cause I, I, I agree. And it's a huge interest of mine as well. Um, what, what's your personal opinion? Why are some people massively successful and, and seemingly it seems, it seems to me that there's some people who experience massive success and don't work as hard as some, some people barely scraping by. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. And, and certainly circumstances come into play with that. But then I think, I think too often we allow our circumstances to dictate what we believe we can do. So if you, if you see somebody who finds themselves or maybe somebody has early success and as a result of that, their confidence level is extremely high. And then they're more likely to go out and try additional things where somebody maybe who struggled, they might get, they might hold themselves back thinking that there isn't things they could do when in fact they actually can do them. And I think we just kind of get caught up in our circumstances. And I, actually, I was thinking about this this morning and, and not so much thinking I was going to share this, but it was just a thought. And that is that the only thing keeping us from, um, I want to think of how, the, how the, the words were. The only thing preventing us from the living the life that we have a strong desire to live, are the thoughts and beliefs about why we can't. Mm -hmm. And it really is the limiting beliefs that we all hold that are preventing us from uh, trying things, having the experiences in life we want to have, having the success that I think people would say that they want to have. Because I believe in, in the abundant universe that there is everything here for all of us, regardless of what it is we say we want to try. I believe we always have that opportunity. Another, another quote that I use, and this is one of the ones in my book, The Key to Life Living in Full Expression, and that is that life withholds nothing from anyone. And I think it's an equal opportunity experience. So whatever anybody wants to do, I believe the resources are there to do that. And I believe we are all, uh, I think we all innately have unlimited potential that's only limited again by what I just said, by the thoughts and beliefs we have about what we believe we're capable of doing. So, uh, and and I 1,000% I agree. I, I, I preach that every day. I 1,000% I, I agree with you. Um, but in your opinion, again, this entire show is about your opinion. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish somebody would give me a show that I could just express my opinion for an hour. I'm kidding. Um, so, so in your opinion though, what is, I'm, <sighs> So I, I know that it's limiting beliefs. I 1000% believe that, right? What's the solution? Because if, if, if I'm walking around and I've got a limiting and, and, you know, I've talked about that, that ceiling, right? We have this, this glass or this invisible ceiling up here of what our income potential is. And we might go, you know, well, I'm I'm only capable of of earning one thousand dollars a week at the most, and that would be crazy if I ever hit that. Wow! And you know, bam, I hit it, and I get stuck there, and I never break through. Right? Right. What is the solution? Because a lot of people talk about that. You're not living up to your potential, but what's the solution? Well, here's an interesting thought. Nobody lives up at, up, nobody lives up to their potential because their potential is unlimited. 
So yeah. when we when we hit up against something that would be holding us back, that doesn't mean that's the limit of our potential. That just means that's what we have said is the limit. And right. it's a matter of questioning it. I think the first thing is acknowledging it. Okay, the only reason I'm not moving further than I have right now is because I have or hold some belief about myself that I can't do more. Or, or I think the key one is that I'm not worthy of more. And, and we, we look at ourselves. And of course, it's easy to blame our parents and our upbringing and people we yeah. work with and friends. And maybe we did something at one point in time and people reinforce that in us. And now that becomes our belief of who we are. And so everything we do is measured against that. And we have to first identify it, you know, acknowledge this is what I'm doing to myself. Also acknowledge that the only reason that you keep doing it to yourself is because you are the one holding on to the belief. Nobody else is holding on to it. And the only person that can change it is, is, is me if I'm talking about myself. Right. And so right. you just have to acknowledge it, realize that, that all these limiting beliefs we hold are nothing more than an illusion. And that in any moment we're at a point of choice and we can choose to do or be differently from the yeah. previous moment. And it is that simple, but we get so, well, here, here's the other part of that is, it's a lot easier to stay where we are than to do the work necessary to move beyond it. Comfort. Yeah, I, I call that becoming too comfortable in our discomfort because right. there's so many people who are unhappy, dissatisfied with where they are, but then they stay there because they say, well, this is what God intended for my life. These are the cards that I was dealt, therefore I can't do anything about it. So we stay in that discomfort. And so the phrase that I use with that is we become too comfortable in our discomfort to move out of it into our magnificence, which is just on the other side of that. I mean, it, it literally, we were on the choice or on the point of choice in every moment that could totally and drastically change our life experience. Wow. So, so you think people are comfortable in their discomfort and, and that keeps them, I mean, that it, it kills me because I know there are people that are 70, 80, 90 years old that, you know, are, 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 are fixed to check out, you know, yeah. that, that, that never really truly lived what they wanted. And they, I, I see it. I know people where it's like you masked your entire life living up to other people's expectations or whatever you thought and you never went after that singing career or that that right. that knitting career or whatever it is right right, right. <clears throat> so how do you i mean what how do you get somebody past that how do you help them like see that who who was it that said it's an old famous quote of um you know, what if my entire life has been a lie, right? The guy that laid on his deathbed and and, yeah. and said that, I forget who it was, but yeah. you know, how, how do you get somebody to move past that? Well, I, I, I it really is a matter of, I have a, I have a program I put together called this Kev, the seven key strategies for life mastery. And it talks specifically about that. It's how do we get beyond these and, and that quote, about what yeah. if I get to my deathbed and my life has been a lie? Yeah. It's not a, it's not a myth. Every, right. one of us, every one of us are living a lie. And in fact, part of what I've written about is we are the biggest perpetrators of identity theft that's ever existed because wow. we don't allow our true self to exist. And so you mentioned we live up to everybody else's expectations or try to, or we, we try to live up to the expectations we set 
for ourselves based on what we think everybody else wants us to do. Right. There's a, there's a, a story and I'm going to get this kind of wrong, but the point will be made. And it was about this, this young, this young man whose mother wanted him to be a doctor. And she kept saying, son, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a doctor. He goes, no, I want to, I want to, I want to paint. And she said, no, she said, you can't make any money in painting. You've got to be a doctor and I want you to go to school. Well, this young man decided not to listen to his mother and he became Picasso. Mm. So the point of that is we, we've got to pay attention to whatever that, that yearning is within us. And we all have it. Yeah. And I, th I think the other point that I want to make with that is, is that too often people think that whatever it is that they're most passionate about has to pay the bills and it doesn't but we have to give attention to whatever we're most passionate about because then we become happier. And when we're happier, we're better capable of doing other things and we'll be happier at work or maybe, uh, yeah, we'll be happier at work. Maybe we're in better relationships with the people around us. Maybe we're yeah. less stressed at work because we allow ourselves to have that opportunity to have that expression of whatever it is. You mentioned singing or playing the piano and it's not just about the arts. It can be giving ourselves the opportunity to dig in the dirt and grow whatever vegetables we want. It can be writing. It can be whatever it is. But all of us have something within us that has this extreme desire to be expressed. And we, we suppress it. I, I, I Again, I, I agree with you, man. We're on the same page. I kind of feel like that there's, um, and I've obviously I've read and heard and, um, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer is my favorite author of all time. Um, and you know, some of the things that he wrote about and Deepak Chopra and some people like that, that, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about that we're in the midst of a, a huge spiritual global spiritual awakening of sorts. Like people are, are going, you know, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm waking up. Anthony DeMello wrote a book about, about that, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I think that that for me, I I, I was uh, for many, 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 many years, and probably still today to a degree. You know, I lived my life to keep up with the Joneses, mm -hmm. and you know, even if I lived in the middle of nowhere, which I have, right? It's still like I don't know, man. If I pull up to Walmart I, to go shopping, I want to make sure I'm parking a nice, you know, beautiful new SUV out there. You know, whatever it is, right? right. So right. that living from that that sense of ego or whatever. Um, but I, as I get older, I'm starting to realize that, man, I, I I have yet to attend a funeral where I saw, you know the hearse pull up with a bunch of luggage on top. <laughs> I mean, you don't take it with you. Yeah. Like, so what you're talking about living in that place of joy and freedom and happiness is, is I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. That's a teacher that is absolutely miserable being a teacher. Yeah. I'm like, well then quit tomorrow. Right. Okay. So that's, that, that's my whole point about being too comfortable in our discomfort Yeah, is that it's what they know. It's what they've done. They, they perhaps don't feel like they can do anything better. They have obligation of bills. Maybe they have kids. They've got, you know, whatever it is that they feel that they have Yeah. something, yeah. something interesting happened during the, during the uh, recession. And I was doing quite a bit of speaking during that time because so many people were struggling with how to, you know, how to, how to cope with it. Right. And 
I spoke at this um, uh, a really large church that's here. There's a congregation of about 10 or 15,000 people that go to it. And I didn't speak to the 10 or 15,000. It's a very large church. Wow. And this the organization I was speaking to was people who had been laid off and they were they were looking to get um, networking with each other and trying to find jobs. And people would come in and talk about who was hiring, who wasn't hiring and that sort of thing. Yeah. And And one of the things that I tried to impose upon these people was not to get so caught up in the fact that they had been laid off from their job and to be panicked about it, but to look at it as an opportunity to do what they've always wanted to do. Right. And a, and a perfect example of that, and this is a crazy example, but it just shows how opportunities are always available to us. This was not a guy that was at this meeting, but it was a guy that I had seen on the news and he had been laid off and he'd been laid off for a couple of years. Yeah. And he happened to be really good at creating buildings out of popsicle sticks. And so he started making these incredible sculptures with popsicle. I mean, extremely detailed, like architecture and bridges yeah. and castles and things like that. He created a following and he was selling them for thousands of dollars. Now, I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's kind of crazy, but he would not have done that if he didn't have the time by the virtue of the fact he'd been laid off. Now, I'm not suggesting people go quit their jobs and go build with popsicle sticks. But the point being that we've got to look at those opportunities is maybe something else is going on here. Maybe it's not about me losing my job and woe is me. Maybe it's about my soul saying, look, buddy, you've been miserable for a really long time. I'm giving right. you the opportunity to go do what you want to do. And I'm behind you. I'm going to support you and everything else you're going to want. I'll give you another quick example. My brother had been in a job for a long time. And he complained about it. Every time we talked about it, he complained about it, how he just couldn't stand the job. He wanted to retire, go live at the lake. Yeah. Just, you know, have this really quiet life. Right. And then he called me one day and he said, I just got laid off. And I said, oh, I said, what happened? He goes, I don't know. So he panicked and he, he started talking about how he's got to go look for another job. And I said, what are you going to look for? Well, he was looking for the same job. He was looking for, and I said, why are you looking for the same situation you were in before when you were miserable? Yep. And of course he couldn't answer that, but it's, but, it, and that's where I think people need to need to be, just become aware because we, we keep, we fight for the things we don't want to have. We, I, um, um, I agree with here. I, I have, you know, and I, you'll love this. I, I started thinking about this cause I do a lot of, I teach, you know, how to blow up on social media, how to, you know, and <clears throat> so I started doing some research for this course that I have on, on this one topic on YouTube. And, and I'm like, I wonder what the number one YouTube earner made last year. So I started looking up and I, and I don't remember exactly, but I found, I think it was an eight year old kid that made $26 million last year. $26 million at eight years old. Yes, his dad helps him out once in a while with his videos, but OMG. Yeah. Like there is, and this kid, you know, eight years old, you're definitely not living a programmed life. You're, right. you're living from your truest self, right. right? Right. And so anyone, and I see this, like, like, you know, people going, oh, I just can't get, I can't get, buy. I can't, you know, life's tough. I can't pay my bills. And it's like Gary V talks about it, right? right. Like yeah. go to Goodwill and buy some stuff and resell it. Right. You can make a thousand bucks real quick. 
or yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I when I'm when, I'm also a certified life coach and life strategist. So what I what I do with people is I, I help them identify their passion. Yeah. And then of course, when they start talking about that, they'll start saying, "Well, I can't make any money with that." And I'll get back to what I said a minute ago. Well, who said you have to make money at your passion? Your passion is your passion. It's what makes you feel good. Right. It's what makes you feel alive. It's what makes you feel like you're doing something that is, uh, it doesn't have to be a benefit to other people, although it becomes a benefit to other people, because if you're doing something you truly enjoy and love and you become more blissful, you're going to be a nicer person to be around. And you're going to serve as an example to others of how wonderful life can be if you give yourself that opportunity to allow what's in you to be expressed. Yeah. And, and it, it's just a simple matter of carving out time it, it, it really is a point of giving yourself permission that it's okay not to have to do what everybody else tells you to do. Right. There, there's another, um, I also refer to that as living a conditional life where pretty much everything we do is conditioned upon what other people say we should do, or because we feel in some way, shape or form, we're obligated to other people and we're not, we're not obligated to anybody. But most people are living their life, you know, and I know you already know this, but there, there's there's people that, you know, are are 50 years old. Their parents may have passed away years ago and they're still living to 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 make mom or dad happy. Right. You know, right. I, which yeah. is probably the majority of the world, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a baby boomer. And again, getting back to the, the, the coaching and life strategy work that I do, the biggest question, or not the biggest question, the, the, the biggest statement that I hear from these people I work with is they say, my life has been really good. I've, I've done quite well when I measure myself in terms of success against maybe other people or maybe my income or maybe my material wealth. But they say, but something's missing. And I, I can't quite figure out what that is. So what we do through our coaching sessions is determine what that is for them. And then help them create that space for it. And then it really is just a matter of giving yourself permission to do it. And then that becomes expansive. And I mentioned this a minute ago, maybe not in these same words, but that that becomes expansive. And then it it, it flows over into other areas of our lives, again, where we're happier. Right. And we've, we've got to give ourselves that opportunity to do those things that bring us the greatest amount of joy. You know, and I'll shift gears a little bit on you here, but I've found that the majority of, of people and their professional life, whatever it is they're doing for a living, um, I found that, that a lot of times you can go back to childhood and find some sort of childhood occurrence, event, person, maybe, um, that influenced who that person became as an adult. And when you look back at your own life, is there any kind of an influence from childhood that you see that you're like, yeah, that definitely is what influenced me to, to get into real estate and life coaching and, and all of that. No, <laughs> there, Nothing. There, no, there, there really isn't because Although I'm not going to say that there haven't been influences, but I can't say that there was one person that I could point to and say, okay, that was my mentor. That was the or event. Event. It, 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 it really was more about me becoming more comfortable with me. I, I have 
and, and of course, I don't know this. All I know is what my own thoughts are and what my right. own beliefs are. I don't know what anybody else thinks or believes. But my own thoughts and beliefs were that that there was something in me. And I, this has been for as long as I can remember. There's been something in me that I've needed to allow to get out, which is why I do the work that I do. So that's been a constant with me. Yeah. So my life has always been about, OK, so what is that? What is it that I that I have this strong need, desire, longing to get out into the world? And it is sharing this information. So I became very much involved when I was 24 years old. I started learning about metaphysics and Zig Ziglar was one of the people because whether people want to admit it or not, he speaks about metaphysics and and the whole idea of positive thinking. And yeah. and uh, I know one of your favorite quotes is if you do enough, uh, if you um, can't remember the Help enough other people get what they want in life. You can have everything you want. Yeah. And, and so oh, all of that, cover of that book. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, that's all part of it. It's about the connection that we all have with each other. And yeah. then you mentioned Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer's book. Um, uh, the erroneous zones is one of the first books I read when I was 24 years old. Wow. And although that was a little more psychological than it was spiritual because he became yeah. way more spiritual as he got up in years. He sure but, did. But that was just one of the different books that, that caused me to start looking at, okay, there's something else is going on here. It's not just everything that we see and everything that we experience. There's something else going on behind the scenes. Then of course I read all the classics, think and grow rich and, you know, stuff by Napoleon Hill and, um, yeah. What's the other guys? Um, Dale Carnegie. Well, yeah, I went through Dale Carnegie courses as well. Yeah. I also got certified to teach the seven habits of highly effective people by Dr. Stephen, Stephen Covey. Covey. Yeah. So I've been involved in, in human performance, better understanding what we're doing, why we're here, yeah. and then diving into it a lot deeper from a spiritual perspective where you can't say that there's actual proof of it, although science and, and spirituality are merging quite nicely right now. And science is, is proving what a lot of people that have been involved in spirituality for a long time have been saying. Yeah. So it, that that's really been it. And I've got a lot of, a lot of people that I follow now and that I've become friends with that are very much involved in that science of spirituality. And sure really looking at how and why we we do what we do and how things happen the way that they happen you know the whole law of attraction thing and and you know people can say that doesn't work well it does work because your life is a result of that and it is a really interesting question that that i pose to people and you've probably heard this it was by einstein and einstein said that how we answer this question is going to determine how our life unfolds and that is, do you believe the universe is a friendly place or a hostile place? If you believe it's right. a friendly place, that's going to be more your experience. If you believe it's hostile, you're going to have more struggle because you're going to be looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that, man. Wow. So <clears throat> I didn't realize this. We were going to get so deep, but I, lo I love it. I love it. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of, um, seems like there's 10 new books a day um, coming out talking about this this very topic I mean it's 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 non-stop and and you know I'm friends with Jeffrey Gittimer and he taught he's you know he's probably one of the foremost experts in the world on Napoleon Hill's stuff yeah um, and Sharon Lecter and you know so so when you got out of 
like college, you were what, 21, 22. Yeah. Um, where in you've mentioned 24 a couple of times at the age of 24. Was there anything, any kind of an event that occurred at 24 that made you like decide to take a deeper look at the spiritual side of life? Or was it just a, you woke up one day and went, man, I got to get spiritual now. <laughs> no, it, it honestly, it, it's been something that's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I, I remember when I was 16 years old and there is a, a train trestle, which if people don't know what that is, you know, the big bridge that the train goes over. Yeah. Not too far from where I lived. And I remember walking over there and looking at it. And my thought was, if there was a boulder sitting up on top of that train trestle that was teetering, if I stay here, is it going to hit me? Or if I walk under, is it going to hit me? And that, that brought up the whole idea to me of predetermination. Is my life predetermined that I have no say in how it unfolds or what I experience? And mm. just from pondering that at, at 16, it just got me to question a lot more things. And, you know, the answer to me was it doesn't matter. It, it, whatever's going to happen is going to happen based on whatever choice I make. So I, I, I can't be concerned about those things that I have absolutely no control over. But then that, right. that also brings up the question of people or maybe not so much a question. People will complain about their lives and say that they're, they're not living the life that they want. And yet, if you ask them what they want, they can't tell you. Well, so how are they going to make choices in alignment with what they want if they don't even know what they want or they can't articulate it in a way that their choices can be made more clear and more in alignment with it? Because here, here's here's a formula and the formula is, OK, we have we have thoughts, beliefs, choices, actions and then consequences. So we can control our thoughts and beliefs. Now, mm -hmm. our beliefs, a lot of it. We, we come to because of how we're raised and, of course, through our experiences that we have. But I would suggest that people take the time to start questioning your beliefs and find out where they came from and, and then question whether or not they're true. And what you're going to find is that most of what you believe is true is probably not true. It's just information that you heard that you can't prove or disprove, but it's just what somebody said. And then find out if it's your truth. Is, is what you're holding on as true and then subsequent and then making your subsequent decisions against that, then you're going to find that you're really far from the truth, you know, whatever that is. And I'm not going to sit here and tell people what the truth is. Right. So you've, got, you've got these, you've got your thoughts and you've got your beliefs. So your thought, everything is, everything begins as a thought. And then yep. once we have a thought, we start having, you know, then we start massaging it and playing with it. And then of course we measure it against the beliefs we already hold. And then we decide whether or not we believe it's possible. And that's where a lot of people get stuck is they say, well, you know, because this happened last time, well, it's not going to be possible this time. And yet nothing could be further from the truth because it's, it's a new set of dynamics from one moment right. to the next, the dynamics are totally different. So we don't know what the outcome is going to be. So then from our thoughts and beliefs, we're then at a point of choice. We can choose what to do or what not to do. And when we choose not to do something, that's still a choice. So we, we, we choose what we're going to do or not do. And then we take action, again, based on the choice that we did. And that's as far as we can go. The consequence is going to be the consequence based on all those other things leading up to it. But the key is, if you're clear on what you want to do, and you make choices in alignment with that, meaning that it would create a greater likelihood that, that what you want to experience is going to happen. And you take action based on that, again, more in alignment with creating the greater opportunity for what you want to happen to happen. 
then there's a greater, like, greater likelihood it's going to happen. So we can control the, the consequence to that degree. But if we're just going to throw our hands in the air and say, I'm just going to deal with what life throws at me. Well, then that's where people get upset and they get, they say, well, I can't believe life keeps beating me up like this. Right. Well, life's not well, beating you up. Life's trying to get your attention. Right. Uh, and, and I, I mean, do you, so, wow. So many questions came to me at once. Like, first off, do you think that, um, do you, did you ever come to a conclusion? Like, do you think that there, that life is predetermined? I think the outcome for everyone is the same. I don't believe life is predetermined in terms of how we each experience our lives because that's where free will comes in. Right. I go on these morning walks. You're going to make me get into some stuff that, that is fine. I talk about it all the time. I go on these morning I'm not, walks. I'm not making you do anything. No, no, no. I, I go with whatever shows up. I know. I love I, it. I go on these morning walks and it's a time that I've come to call being immersed in the silence of the dawn. It's usually around 5.30, it's usually dark, there's usually nobody else out there. During that time, I'm very well connected and it's when I ask questions. I ask questions that I can't either rationalize or answer on my own, let's say. So I just ask and I ask to whomever or whatever, it doesn't matter whatever anybody wants to believe and I ask questions. And when I ask the questions, I typically get answers. So there was one morning in particular, and this was probably, I don't know, two or three years ago, and there was something happening in the world and it was, uh, it's not unlike what's going on right now, so it's continued, but it's it, something devastating was happening. And, and I just, I go, this is ridiculous. There's got to be more to life than people blowing each other up and there being uh, starvation and there being, you know, all these things happening around the planet. I mean, whatever it is. And most of it is humans doing it to other humans. I said, this, this can't be why we're here to have this kind of interaction with each other. And the answer that I got immediately was that the key to, uh, not the key to life, that's the name of my book. The, the purpose of life is the progressive realization of the truth. And when I got that, to me, it was really, really profound. It's like the progressive realization of the truth. Yeah, well, okay, so that's what it is. So I'm, I'm here, we're all here to, to seek the truth, whatever that is. But then key to that is seeking our own truth. Like, why am I here? So if I'm here to, uh, to go through this exercise, if you will, this exercise called life, if I'm here to move through this progressive realization of the truth, then every experience I have, and better stated, every experience I create, because I do, I do believe we create all of our experiences, then all of that is in this effort on my part to get closer and closer to the truth so that we eventually get there. And just, this is my belief. I don't believe we do it in one lifetime. I believe that we have multiple lifetimes where we come back and we have multiple personalities being different incarnations as a different person, different places on the planet, wherever, where we have these different experiences so that we are consistently moving towards the truth. And we do it through what, we're, what we are passionate about, which is why I say we have to allow whatever we're passionate about to come through. Right. That's why I speak and I share this information because I'm very passionate about it. And I, I, I find a great sense of satisfaction and fulfillment when I do this. Now, somebody just posted the question, who answered the question? Yeah, I, I, I was going to bring it up. I, I, 
who answered the question? I will tell you that it typically comes in the form of my voice. It is, it's not something that's audible, but it's something that I hear internally, although I have had the audible voice before. That happened when I was 13. But I, I it, it's, it's an answer that comes to me immediately. There isn't any hesitation with it. I am not going to answer that for anybody else to say who it is. I'm not going to say it's God or whatever. I'm going to let anybody come to whatever conclusion they want. I will just say that it's my higher consciousness, if you will. I do believe that our higher consciousness is an aspect of the divine, which you can call it God, you can call it spirit, you can call it the universe, whatever you want to, but it's from that higher consciousness. And I will also say that's not just available to me. I'm not telling anybody this so that, so that it sets me apart like I have some special gift. It's just the way it is. But I've gotten to the point where I open myself to receive it and I allow it in and then I act on it. And the more that I've given myself up to that, that information, the more the information comes to me and the clearer it is and the more that I've come to trust it. And I know now that it never lets me down. So that's the guidance that I follow as I continue to go through my life along this progressive realization of the truth. I don't know however, however else to answer that, but that's, that's my answer. Eric, Eric. Eric Cornelius is a goofball a little bit, but I, I love him anyway. He's a good dude. Um, he says he'll buy your book if it's an audio book. He can't read. <laughs> yeah, actually, it, it, it's not on audio book. Here it is in print, but it's not on audio book. It's probably got big print and pictures for somebody like him, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not difficult to read. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so. <clears throat> And I, 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 I'm with you on, on everything you just said. So, so my, my question would be, um, you know, again, getting back to, cause this show is literally about helping people get unstuck. And I truly believe that, um, I, I don't know the percentage, but I'm going to just throw one out there and say 90% of the world, maybe not. Um, and I might be in that percentage. I don't know. They're, they're stuck. They're stuck in a, in a place that they don't necessarily want to be. They have dreams of, of playing in the NFL or, or whatever it is. Like I, I what, I, it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody knows their own truth. Right. Um, what keeps them there? Why do they go to their graves with their music still in them? You know, let's say that somebody is a, a, a works for a company, but they they're you know, and they're making X amount of dollars a year, and it's paying their bills, and it's more money than they've ever made. But their real dream is to be a a, a, a musician, and they actually have the potential to be a musician. Right. What would you say to them to help them? Like, li dude, go live your dream, man. Go live what, like what would you say to that person? Well, I mean, the first thing is if, if they, if here's the challenge, the more money we make, the more obligations we create, right? Yes. So that we yeah. have to make more money to keep up with the obligation. So the first thing you would have to do is look at is all this stuff that you're doing necessary. And of course that's a big challenge for people because we yep. become identified with all the stuff that we've accumulated and we don't want to be, we don't want to admit to our family, our friends and everybody else that might see us that we're scaling back. You know that we're not going to drive the 
the Mercedes or we're not going to have the big house. And of course, when people see you start to scale back, they think something's wrong. That's why I think that the important part of that is number one, recognize what it is you're most passionate about and carve out that space or that time to allow it to start to take shape. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people who have become used musicians. There's a lot of people who have become entertainers and musicians because they've allowed themselves to be in a band on the weekend. And right. all of a sudden it developed and somebody heard them or, or did something, but maybe that's all they really need. Maybe it's not about having that as a career, but it's about having that as just another, another experience that they can do where it gets them on the stage or gets them playing the drums or guitar or whatever it is that they, they might be doing. We've, we've got to carve that space, but here's what I can guarantee people. And that is that if you are truly identifying with your passion, that whatever it is within you that has a strong desire to be experienced and expressed through you, once you give it the, the space to do that, if it's intended, it's going to happen. Yep. You don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but you got to get out of the way. And that's the biggest problem that I think most of us have is we, we, the thoughts come in. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. I mean, my God, anybody remember tiny Tim? Anybody think <laughs> you think that guy was talented and look what he did with what he had. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many yeah. times was he on Johnny Carson? Of course, a lot of people yeah. don't know who Johnny Carson is, but no. I mean, it's nuts. How about the guy who did the pet rock? I mean, how stupid was that? And the guy yeah. made millions of dollars. It's about just allowing whatever it is that's in you. That's this, this, this passion to get out, give it the space. And, and you know, it's about nurturing it and it's about sharing it with other people. And, uh, then I just, I contend that as you allow that to happen, you become happier, you become more peaceful, you become more joyful, more people want to be around you. You never know who you're going to reach. You know, I, I, um, was it, was his question? More money, we make more. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. He said that he <laughs> put, he put he's your name. Yeah. He's quoting you. Yeah. I no, I, there. Yeah. It, it's, uh, no, no. Okay. So, so Weldon's putting on here to incredibly hard to carve out that time. Well, what I would ask people to do is to, to on a daily basis, sit down and write down what you're doing like every 10, 15, 20 minutes. And I guarantee you, you're going to yep. find that you're spending way too much time on social media. You're probably watching some silly TV shows that you shouldn't be watching. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying completely cut it out, but everybody has 24 hours in a day. And for somebody to say, well, somebody else can do that, but not me, it's ridiculous. It's about choices. So where are you choosing to allow your, your, your investment of time to be? And, and yeah. we all know that, that, time is precious. So how are we, how are we investing that? And I know, I know Jeffrey talks about this when he gets into his time management stuff. I mean, yeah. it really is just about, it's not even time management. It's about self-management. It's about what, what am I giving myself permission to do within the amount of time that we all have? It's not any different for anybody else. And right. so it's allocating right. it towards the things where I think it's going to give me the greatest return based on whatever it is that I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love that man. So, so if somebody is, let's say, let's say that somebody is at a point where they can, and, and I, and I know, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but I'm not sure, but somebody's at this place where, um, 
their electrics getting shut off. The bills aren't paid. The, the car got repoed, the whatever, like life is just falling apart and they can't seem to pull it all together and they don't have the answer. And they call you and they say, man, I'm, I'm broke. I don't know what to do. I feel like I have all this potential, but it's just not going the way that I, I had hoped it would go. And, my electrics being shut off tomorrow. What, what do you say to that person in that moment? <clears throat> I, I, I heard a, a statement by a gentleman who had been in Iraq and he actually tackled a, he tackled a, a person that had on a, um, an ex, uh, a vest that exploded mm. and he ended up having back of his part of his leg blown off and he was in the hospital for a long period of time and he's, he's fine now. He's had a hundred surgeries or so. And while Jeez. he was, while he was in the hospital, he was feeling sorry for himself. He had been taking all kinds of drugs and became, I don't know if he used the word addicted, but I think it was pretty heavily influenced by opioids and, and the drugs and stuff. So that was creating an issue with him. And he was just bemoaning the fact that, that his life would never be the same. And he said, while he was on his bed, he said, this other service member, and this is what this was, at, I think it was at Walter Reed Army Hospital. So this other service member was brought in a wheelchair and the gentleman in the wheelchair had no arms and legs. And he looked at this guy that I had heard speak and he said, why are you so upset? He said, he said, look at you. He said, you've got everything. And the guy who, who did not have any limbs was very upbeat, very excited and very motivated about life. And he said, you have to understand your reality. And to me, that was an extremely powerful statement because anybody, if, if we start bemoaning the fact that we don't have all of these things or that we yeah. had these things and we lost them, we're gonna be stuck in that. Instead of saying, okay, this is my reality. This is where I am. What can I do? And this gets to your question, Ken, of somebody whose power's about to turn on, what can I do? Well, you know, you could do what a lot of people do and go stand on the street corner and, and beg for money. But there's always opportunities that we can get into if we actually look for it and we give ourselves permission to do it and not get so hung up on how it's going to look or, or, or whether it's going to be what we need to actually meet the obligations we have right now, because the likelihood it isn't. We just need to get started. And here's what I do know, and that is that when we give notice to the universe, and by that I mean to whatever you want to call the supreme power, the being or whatever it is, when we give notice to the universe, and that is by making a conscious decision to take action towards that which it is we're trying to accomplish, achieve or experience, it finally says, thank God you're in. And then it supports us in that and things yep. show up and we just have to pay attention and then make decisions based on what's always been there. But because we haven't allowed ourselves to see it, we become blind to it, but it's always there. And, you know, somebody, somebody who is going to have the power turned off, of course, that's a difficult thing for them to say, okay, so I'm just supposed to say, okay, universe, I'm in. No, it's about, <laughs> it's about assessing where you are, what skills right. you have, what you're capable of doing, what you're most passionate about, and what would meet your immediate needs right now. Right. And it doesn't mean that, that, you know, because you, like my brother, I mentioned my brother got fired from his job and he was going to go try to find the same job and he was miserable at it. Yeah. So what he did was he started identifying his skills and looking for how he could utilize his skills in a different way. He is living at the lake, by the way, in retirement. <laughs> so, oh, is he? Yeah, good. So that all worked out. 
Um, I know you want a more definitive answer to that question. It, it would really would be a matter of me questioning the person in that position to find out what it is that they, what they, you said that this person said they know they have more potential than that. I would ask them about that. Identify yeah. the potential, identify where you feel you have skills that we could tap into. The problem I think most of us get into is we come up with one solution and we say, if it doesn't happen this way, there's no other way it can happen. And that's one out of a limitless number of possibilities. I talk, to people all the time, I talk to people all the time who say they want to travel the world and they say, I'm going to travel the world when I get enough money. And I said, well, don't you think there's people who travel the world who don't have the money? And they said, yeah, but, and I said, it's not, yeah, but I said, there are, there are people that travel the world because they get engaged in something that allows them to travel yeah. or I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but we've got to let go of what we think is the only solution. And if that solution doesn't come to pass, then we can't do what it is we say we want to do. I, I love that, man. So, so you don't, uh, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Um, I, I don't think that the, that God or whatever you choose to call the, the, your higher power. I, I don't think that there's this, this puppet master God. I don't think that there's this God that's out here going, you know what? I'm going to throw a curveball at Jim Phillips just to see how he handles it. Cause I, I, I want to test him. Like, I, 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 I don't think that, do you, do you think that there, do you think there's a God that just loves messing with us and testing us and seeing how far we'll go? I don't think that there's anything that's that's put in front of us that's done to test us. I think it's put in front of us as an opportunity for us to actually expand and experience the limitless power that we already possess. I, I mean, think about the crazy things that human beings have accomplished. I mean, crazy stuff that, that we wouldn't even think about, but they're they're accomplished or they're experienced because someone was put in a position of it's either this way or it's no way and right. then they, they move through it they overcome it and of course we look at those people and say i don't know how you did that well the truth is they didn't know how they did it either in the moment right but they, they just tap into whatever resources they have within them and i think that that is available to each one of us and you know i don't like using the 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 examples that are used all the time, like everything is a stepping stone and that sort of thing. I think it's an opportunity for expansion. We, I mentioned before that we have limitless potential. Yeah. You know, there's a saying that God doesn't put anything in front of you that you can't handle. Well, I believe it's a bit more than that. There's nothing that can be put in front of you because there's nothing you can't handle. Love that. But my experiences are going to be my experiences. I might not have yeah. to, you know, like, I don't even know who this person was, but you've heard the story before. The person that was either in Antarctica or something like that, that fell in a crevasse and had to chew his own arm off because he couldn't get, you know, whatever it is. I mean, right. I can't imagine me chewing my own arm off, arm off to get out. But yet, if I were in those circumstances, would I? I don't know. I mean, we don't yeah. know what we would do. It's we very subjective. To, we have the potential to do whatever is required of us to achieve whatever our, our objective is. What's the name of your book again? Eric is begging for us to tell him again. It's The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression. The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression. And if, awesome. you, look at the, if you look at the word life, life is the acronym for living in full expression. 
Oh, it is. I love that. Yeah. What what I think that anyone who buys a book and reads it will find, it's what I've heard from, from other readers is, once you read it, it, it's really a book about questioning and it, it helps people get to more of their own truth. It raises a lot of a lot of what we've been talking about today. It provides yeah. some answers, but it's yeah. not me telling you how to live your life. It's me saying, what if, basically, what if this happened or that happened? Or what if you chose this versus that? Or what if you what if you shattered the illusions of all the limiting beliefs you hold? What would you what would you attempt? Right. And then how much confidence would you have and how much would you trust? <clears throat> yourself? So all that's in place. But it then becomes a reference book. And I've had people, they, they'll say they keep it by their nightstand. And, and if they just feel the need to be inspired, they'll pick it up, open it up to some page. And they'll say that whatever shows up on that page is what they needed in that moment, which is really yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's all energy. So yeah. so what is what's next for you? What's I mean, what what's what's on your do you have huge goals of? being a billionaire or <laughs> no, no. I, that, was a, that was a rhetorical question by the yeah. way <laughs> you know I, I think the thing is it, it, everybody and i'm going to literally say everybody when you ask them what they want from life they may say some of the material stuff they may say i want to be a millionaire a billionaire they may say i want to do this but they always end up with i want to be happy yeah. right so if each of us would go through life making choices that allow us to experience happiness, the other stuff's going to follow. Right. It, it's just the normal order of things. And I, I know a lot of really wealthy people who are miserable that I don't even want to be around. So we, it's been proven that money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't provide happiness. It provides a lot of stuff. But then if we have all this stuff, it gets back to the point that we've been talking about. Then we become identified with it. Then all of a sudden we lose it. Then where are you? We, we now we now feel that we've lost this sense of ourself. And that's not who we are. It's just what we have. It's what right. we've experienced to that point in life. So I think it's 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 really a matter of, for me, you know, you said, what's next in my life? It's It's creating more opportunities to share this information with people to get excited and get passionate about it like I do. Hopefully my passion comes through when I speak. It's about watching other people's eyes light up when they have that aha moment. They go, oh, now I get it. And then their life changes. And it doesn't change because of something I've done. It changes because they have the aha moment that's allowing them now to give themselves permission to live the life they've always wanted to live instead of living conditional. Do you know this guy on screen right now, Eric Swanson? No. He's, um, he's somebody you should get to know. He's a, he's a, he's, he has people like, um, Sharon Lecter and, 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 uh, he's worked with some huge, huge names, Brian Tracy. Um, yeah, Eric's a good friend of mine now, but, okay. um, so, so what are you, what do you hope that, you know, a hundred years from now, what do you hope that your legacy is? If, if people are still talking about Jim Phillips a hundred years from now, what is it that you hope they're saying? I mean, unless you're going to live another hundred years and you're here to witness it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, and, and 
maybe this is going to sound too too altruistic, but it's really the way that I feel. It's not about people remembering who I am or me having a legacy of that. I would rather be able to look down on, upon the earth and see people living better lives, seeing the chaos and stuff that's going on right now having changed, where there, there, there literally is the peace and the joy and the happiness that everybody says that they want. And, you know, we, I talked about choice earlier. Think about this for a second. And this is, this is as, as, as simplistic as it can possibly be. And there's going to be a lot of people who say it's not possible, but it is possible if everybody made the choice. If everybody woke up tomorrow morning and said, from this moment forward, I am going to be peaceful. The world is peaceful. Yeah. We don't have natural disasters and stuff like that because it's going to happen. But what happens when we have natural disasters? That's when the compassion of people comes out. That's yeah. when we see who we are and how we relate to one another. But it's that simple. But we've got people around the world who would rather or who believe that their personal power, their lives are what's more important. They, they're, it's greed. It's, it's all these things that we're seeing, unfortunately, really rising to the surface right now, which to me is a part of this whole, you mentioned awakening. This is all part of that whole process where to me it's a purging yeah. because we can't change things that we don't see. So it's all being brought to the surface. And it's not just this country, it's across the planet. And it's a process and it's going to take time. But that really is what I would I would like to see 100 or less years from now is just see that all this work that all of us have been doing, the progressive realization of the truth has led to the joy, the happiness, the peace, the contentment, you know, all the things that I think we say we want while we're here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, um, I, I mean, people are, people, people, people are arguing about the, uh, on social media. I'm seeing it this morning. Just, People all worked up about the halftime show. Um, and I'm like, what? I was kind of worked up during the halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, like, you know, I don't like people look again. It's what you said a little bit ago. If you look for reasons to be offended, you're going to be offended. And, and, you know, if, and people are like, Hey, let's, let's, what was it? Uh, the mother Teresa said she would never um, march in a, a war protest, an anti-war protest, but she right. will march for peace. Right. And so, you know, like people need need to wake up. But when I was, you know, I'm 17 and a half years sober, and and 17 and three quarter years ago, <laughs> my life sucked man yeah. pain the everything that was going on in my life with alcoholism was bubbling up to the worst possible point that it could have been for me right subjectively right. and and there came a point where i had to do what you just said about if everybody woke up tomorrow morning and said from this point forward i want nothing but peace I woke up one day, I said, I can't take the pain of living like this anymore. I right. want peace. Right. And right. I had to go find the solution. And I did thank God. But, but right. you know, that's what you're talking about right there. It's bubbling. It's coming to yeah. a head. Right. Yeah. You have to acknowledge it. You have to be aware of it and yeah. acknowledge it. And then you have to have the courage to act on it. Right. Which, you know, is the next step. And, 
And with things like addiction, it takes a lot because if there's a, a chemical, uh, a physical chemical attraction to it or addiction, it becomes even more difficult to do it. It's not just a matter of thinking about it. It's a matter of your body having to be purged of all of it. Yeah. Amen. I agree. Eric Swanson. Eric's a huge speaker, man. He's got like, we, we need to connect you guys. But um, anyway, well, we're at the end of the hour. I can't even believe it. This, this is actually my very favorite topic that we just discussed for one hour. And I love it. Great. So how can everybody, where's the best place to follow you and your work? You can go to my website. My website is livinginfullexpression.com. And okay. downloads are on there, videos, a lot of other information. Uh, my book can be ordered. I actually have another book on there that's an ebook that is entitled From Inspiration to Intention, which gets in a little bit more detail about manifesting whatever it is we want to have in our lives and how that process works. But then you can follow me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, which I never know what the what the channel is. But if you just go onto YouTube and you Google Jim Phillips, you might get a guy that's a really famous skateboard artist that has some really cool stuff, but you'll eventually get to, to, uh, is that your I, website that I have scrolling across the bottom there? That is. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. Yeah, that's it. Good. And then they can email me. It's through my website as well. And then I've got events that I'm going to be doing in the not too distant future. I don't have them on my website yet, but I've got some programs I'm putting together. Awesome. Well, Jim, I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. And everybody, make sure you go follow Jim everywhere. Go, there's the website. Go to the website, livinginfullexpression.com, and follow this guy. He's got some really amazing things happening. Eric, look, Eric Swanson, being being the good dude that he is threw it up on the screen too so yeah, thank you thank you so much i appreciate you coming on and everybody make sure you go follow him and thank you to everyone for watching and sharing this out jim don't hang up on me yet okay. i'm gonna go ahead and end this all right all right we'll see you guys later thanks a lot